Stay woke. What did Nipsey Hussle tell us? This is a marathon, not a sprint. You know, we practice the tombstone effect. Stay woke. We not going to do nothing for our sisters until Sandra Bland dies. Mm. Yeah. Disclosure. The Snatched Podcast is profane, politically incorrect, political insensitive, anti-organized religion, and is not safe for children or safe for work. Please listen responsibly. You're about to get snatched. <laughs> You're listening to the Snatched Podcast. You're listening to the Snatched Podcast. Warning, if you listen to this, your feelings will get hurt. We are the Crumb Snatcher. Get snatched. Snatched. Peace, 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 peace. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I shame. 57 million in taxpayer money. I shame. Uh, will go peace. to all married homosexual peace. couples to, who file joint taxes together. I shame. If, now, what am I saying, fam? Assalamu alaikum. Islam. Black people. If you want reparations, guys, respect. you're going to have to get some dick in your ass. Ashe. You want reparations? Mm. Black people? You're going to have to marry a man, sir. Ashe. Black ladies? You're going to have to lick some coochie. You want reparations. Because what is happening? is that this gay reparations thing that has just been approved. Now, when we're talking about, now, the whole thing with black people and, and, and this reparations talk, family, don't be confused. When, this is the way laws are are started. A law starts off as a bill. Mache. For all, now, now, if, if, if you go to Crumb's Natural Platform, you're not gonna see any political conversation. Family, I might have a polit- I might have a degree in political science. That's that, that that's how savvy I am within that form, and I refuse to talk about it because I understand it's all smoke and mirrors, and the only people who are talking about it are people who don't understand what's going on around them. So now, when we say that black people and the government at large is talking about reparations in terms for the 2020 election, family, do you realize we are talking in terms of Barbershop talk. Water cooler talk. We're not talking about a bill that is set to hit the Senate floor. We're not talking about a bill that may pass in the House and it may not get through the Senate. We're not talking about that. There is no legislation on the table from nobody. You cannot call your governor. You cannot call your senator. You cannot call your local representative who is on Capitol Hill and say, when it comes to bill number 57223902101, I want you to vote yes. That's not this. We, sorry, niggas. This ain't that type of party. When we talk about niggas, and reparations, that's nah. barbershop talk. The politicians are engaging in barbershop talk. When we talk about things like reparations, we should be talking in a construct of a bill. I, I hope this gets past the Senate and it gets to the House, and I hope the president can sign. Bitch, ain't nothing. There is no legislation. Mm. When we're dealing with laws and bills, there must 
be legis bitch ain't even no legislation right now mm. so while your ass is talking about something and ain't now this is the thing family america has a very short attention span so if we're talking about reparations right now the window is closing mm. for legislation to come through the pipeline and if don't no legislation come through the pipeline for us to vote yay or nay it was just barbershop talk the whole time so while black people are talking about legis uh, reparations with no legislation how are you talking about reparations with no legislation do you not understand how the political forum operates mm -hmm. if you ain't got no legislation you ain't got no conversation this is uh 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 martha what happened at work today that's one of those conversations mm -hmm. so now the gay people the gay people understand politics niggas understand niggerosity mm -hmm. so while we was in the barbershop while we was around the water cooler white people was gay people was in this bitch writing legislation gay people was in this bitch trying to pass bills family unless you have a bill or some type of legislation bitch you ain't saying nothing not one black person in america I don't care if it's the Masons. I don't care if it's the Moors. I don't care if it's one of them frat buddies that 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 that, that swear out there they're down with America. I don't care if it's one of these fucking black ass lawyers who who want to walk in the footsteps of that boy who represented OJ, uh, Johnny Cochran. I don't care who it is. Nobody has put up. Not even fucking bitch ass Barack Obama, dick in the booty Obama, mm. has not put any legislation down. So what are we talking about? Nothing. Uh, we're sitting here with uh, Crumb Snatcher from Crumb TV. Uh, we're talking about the uh, reparations conversation. Uh, Follow-up question, um, Crumb. So I hear you. Uh, me and my brother, Aye, and a couple other individuals that I uh, kind of build with from time to time, we've had this conversation regularly. Um, I am not the type of guy to sit around and be waiting for some reparations. That's not who I am. Although my ancestry goes through uh, chattel slavery, that's still not the type of person that I am. What I do allow for is for people who are focused on that mission to allow them to do so. I try to stay away from, uh, I think Jay Morrison, uh, if you feel familiar with Jay Morrison, that real estate, you know, cat. Uh, there was a, a video that he actually put up there uh, talking about reparations and how it was foolish. And that's kind of what I kind of stay away from. Even if I feel that way, um, I do understand there's some people out here that are really, really trying to fight for this. Whether it's a futile attempt or not, they're really trying to fight for this. You know, HR 40 was a, uh, uh, a joke, but the people who showed up, I don't think they were. Uh, this, 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 the, the, um, the event that was in Virginia that you mentioned, um, great conversation, probably was overall bullshit, but the people who showed up, you know, uh, uh, that's from the heart. So I know that there are people out there who really are passionate about it. So I usually stay away from, you know, like the foolishness that Jay Morrison would say. But I want to ask you this, then. What would be the beginning point? You know, we, we look at, you know, Obama giving Holocaust uh, survivors. We look at, you know, all of the, the laws and stuff that was given for LGBTQ. You just mentioned about how now there's an LGBTQ uh, 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 
there's a legislation for reparations. No, 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 not legislation. This has already been passed, brother. It's what? already been passed. Okay, so, so. It's already been passed. So what are we doing wrong? We're not organizing. We are not organizing, you know, and uh, that's the same thing I was told as a child. The organized will beat the unorganized every single time, you know, and uh, in terms of our people, we already know what our opportunities are. We are a very emotional people, you know. We practice the tombstone effect. We're not going to do nothing for our sisters until Sandra Bland dies. Mm. We're not going to do anything for our brothers until Eric Garner dies. We're not going to do anything for our leaders until Malcolm X dies. Mm. You know, it's a very wait till somebody dies (laughs) within our community. You know, and until then, you know, we will pray about it. We'll march about it. We'll talk about it. But we will not organize. And if we do organize, we're going to organize under a... uh, organization that is uh, 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 set to thwart and to drain the energy from the movement. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're going to organize as the uh, LGBT. We're going to organize as the feminist movement. We're going to organize as as Masons and frat brothers and shit like that. You know, we're not going to organize under anything that is going to bring any um, uh, substantial Results, mm-hmm. And we're not going to do that because we're pussies by and large. And the reality is, and I know this because a lot of the family has asked me, they'd be like, Crumb, ain't you scared? I'd be like, you sound like a pussy right now. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not a pussy. I just want to know, are you scared? <laughs> no, 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 family, family, you are a pussy. Gotcha. Because clearly I'm not scared. Gotcha. I'm up here, ain't I? Gotcha. I'm saying what I got to say, ain't I? Gotcha. Why are you doing it? Gotcha. And why are you only mentioning being scared? Because you're pussy. Now, this is the thing, family. They'll also ask you, after they ask you, ain't you scared? They say, well, what about your kids? If you die, what about your kids? Family. Bitch. This the, I can't even say family. Bitch, ain't you supposed to, ain't you ready to die to protect your babies? Well, what if I died and what'll happen to my babies? Bitch, I'm ready to die to protect my, Tupac said something. Because, you know, the whole Tupac Biggie thing, I was a little too young. I wasn't really into hip hop like that at that particular time, but I was aware of it. So I really got on that boat very late in life. And after Tupac was dead, I heard a song, he uh, uh, not on any album, it's like a mixtape. And he was addressing Biggie. I think it was my radio interview. He said, back in high school, it was so real. You was ready to die. I was ready to kill. Mm. <laughs> That's a hard bar right there. That's a real hard bar. That's right a hard there. bar, brother. You was ready to die. I was ready to kill. Mm. So, you know, with that said, family, you know, our people ain't ready to die. Yeah. In addition to that, they damn sure ain't ready to kill. Yeah. I don't care if that man baby is life on the that man's son life on the line, he still ain't gonna be ready to die. You know, we be like, you know, and we run this bullshit. If it was my son, I'd be out here and no white person be safe. Then by the time one of your nigga ass kids get shot by the cops, dear Lord, yeah. we gonna march. We, bitch, I thought you said if it was your child, you'd be out shooting up the streets. Ain't all y'all niggas, all of y'all niggas. Right. Back in slavery, I would've. All of y'all niggas. They do that to my child. None of y'all niggas. 
none of y'all niggas' child got shot and you ran a rampage. Yeah. There has not been a nigga yet who child got shot, suspended from school, white people done fucking, you know, uh, cheated you in some type of way, and ain't now one of y'all niggas went and shot up City Hall yet. Y'all niggas... <laughs> Yo! Uh, ho- hold on, hold on. Kill a nigga. Kill a nigga. That's all y'all niggas is doing. Rapping about how you gonna kill your brother. And if your brother step on your shoe, I'm gonna put them paws on him. I'm gonna put them paws on him. Family, black people is pussy. Let's deal with the reality. Brother, we not ready to die. We not ready to kill. We not ready to organize. We not ready to invest. We not ready for shit. You know, uh, uh, one last point before we go to the next question. Go ahead, bro. Everybody is taking a note from the black man. Everybody. The Asian man said, damn, I don't want to be like him. I'm going to do what I got to do. The Jew, I don't want to be like him. I'm going to do what I got to do. The fucking Arab. The fucking Mexican. The Mexican is more organized than we are. Mm. What did I tell you success was, brother? Success is when is when being prepared meets opportunity. The Mexican is prepared for the next come up. Mm. I don't know when the Mexican will have his come up. But when the Mexican has an opportunity to come up, we... Are you familiar with, 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 with Dr. Claude Anderson? Yes, very you much so. Called Poweronomics. Mm-hmm. Dr. Claude Anderson, I only watched one of his lectures. I only watched one. And that was maybe three years ago. Since then, I haven't had the balls. I haven't had the backbone to watch another lecture. Wow. That man fucked me up. He said, Black people, you think Black lives don't matter now? If you think they killing brothers and sisters nonchalantly, just wait. So this whole immigration debacle gets cleared up. See, because white power is 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 the fabric of the American society, and and the white man is the boyfriend, and the black people are the girlfriend. You know, he was the, the uh, white people were the boyfriends, and the black people was the girlfriends, and the boyfriend beat the girlfriend ass, and they broke up, but they still got to work together. So now white people they. They know they was your boyfriend. White people know that they that we were in a b- abusive relationship. And we know shit is weird when we come around each other. And at this point, white people is on some, it's me, not you. I just I, I just don't want this relationship anymore. You were you were a good second class citizen and you did a lot for us and you helped us in this relationship. But I think it's healthy that we both move on. I found a new second-class citizen girlfriend. Her name is Mexico. She's going to be the new second-class citizen. And you, you're not even going to be my ex anymore. You're going to be some worsome chick that, that, that won't leave me alone. Some, some worsome chick that still wants to buy white, who wants to watch white TV, who wants to dye her hair blonde, who wants to be like us. But now once Mexicans become the new second-class citizens, and black people drop to be third class citizens and fourth class citizens, 
you will see then that that Mexican organization, the fact that they were able to organize amongst people that look like them will put them in a this per Dr. Claude Anderson. This is a very apocalyptic um, uh, prophecy that really uh, stopped me from sleeping at night and kept me up late late in the wee hours. When they become, because they're prepared, when their time comes, they will become the new second-class citizens and we will see what organization looks like amongst a race. And uh, once we become the new third and fourth class citizens, if we think black lives don't matter now, black lives will not. Black, they killing us onesies, twosies now, they'll kill us wholesale then. You know, right now, they're going to find a reason to shoot you. When Mexicans become the new second class citizens, brother, I hope you don't be shocked when the Gestapo, Gestapo kick in. Like right now, you and I are on live. If the Gestapo kicks down your door, shoots you, wife, babies, dogs, and then they just walk out and just, you know, like nothing happened, this is going to be the new reality from a people who are, you know, we will be a voiceless people. The story of how the Gestapo kicked down a brother's door won't even make the won't even make the Chitlin Network. It won't even make the grapevine. It won't even be a rumor. People won't even talk about it. It will be as if it never happened. So, black people, we've made it. When did slavery start? 1619? Right. And this is 2019? Right. We've 400 years. Dr. Claude Anderson said, if you thought it was hard for these 400 years, bitch, you won't make it another 400 years. You thought this is bad? You're not making it to another 400. So with that said, we need to organize. Yesterday. What does that mean? Brother, how many people in your family are married to white people? Uh, none. How many black people do you know married to white people? Come on, Serena Venus Williams, right? Oh, I think you're talking about personally. I'm sorry, brother. Generally speaking. Okay, well, yeah, there's plenty. There's like a shitload of them. I mean, like, you know... <laughs> you you can walk down the street and see a white man with a black woman. Absolutely. How often are you going to see anybody marrying Mexican beyond a Mexican? Here's, here's, here's my question. Because we do know uh, with all of the data and stuff, you know, salute to Tone, uh, Antonio Moore, who Tone talks about. Uh... The year 2053, net median wealth for, you know, black families being at zero. Um, and also, what is it, by the year 20, correct me if I'm wrong, 2045, or that this country will not be, it would be, uh, it would be less than 50% Caucasian, white? Is, 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 the, is, the, is the year correct, 2045 or something like that? Yeah, 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 I, th- okay. I think you almost got it on the head. So my question to you is listening to you about the idea of uh, Mexicans taking over the slot of second class citizens. Um, why would they, in your opinion, why would they settle for that if they're not going to be, if, if 
the country is not going to be majority uh, white people. Why would they settle for being a second class citizen? Why wouldn't they try to be, you know, why wouldn't they try to take over power uh, here in the United States? I mean, I'm just spitballing here, brother. Oh, no, no, you good. You good. I got a perfect one for you. Let's hear it. You ever heard of a guy by the name of Richard Nixon? <laughs> You're correct. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think he, uh, I think he was the president. <laughs> well, the Richard Nixon administration set Mexicans up really good, brother. So now, Richard Nixon introduced the word Hispanic to the American lexicon. In addition to that, do you know if you identify as Hispanic? which is a fairly recent word. It's not a very old word. You know, that was the Richard Nixon administration. Some of us can remember that. You know, uh, Hispanics, in terms of the U.S. census, which will be going next year, do you know Hispanic is, is uh, considered white? If you don't follow... Do you realize if you register as a Hispanic, white? So now... Wow. These Hispanic people have been uh, uh, have a place set up for them within the white power structure. Mm. So now, why would I tear down a system that is essentially has a seat for me at the table? There's no need for me to do that, you know. This has all been prepared since the Richard Nixon administration. Spanish people are going to be the new white people. What did Dr. Francis Cress Wellson tell us? And if we don't want to look at Dr. Francis Cress Wellson from a black perspective, fuck it. What did Dr. David Duke, the, the grand wizard and representative of Louisiana, tell us? Both sides, though they're diametric opposites, said the same thing. White people are going extinct. Do we not realize white people are going extinct? Yes. Well, I'm sorry. Black people don't know white people are going extinct. Mm. But white people know white people are going extinct. The U.S. Census is next year, 2020, every 10 years. Mm. They 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 focus on a head count. Okay, head count with the majority. Head count, okay, we're, you know, our numbers are dwindling. Head count, okay, we need to have some more babies. You know, they're paying attention to the head count. Uh, one of the re one of the ways that they keep themselves in power is through the is through the language. So now with the language, the honorary the new honorary white man is the Hispanic. They can't make a Mexican the new honorary white man, but they can make a Hispanic man. A Mexican who identifies as Hispanic? Well, you're the new honorary white man now. That's not true. Oh, well, how does that, uh, that thing is, how would that help uh, Caucasians, though? How would that help white people? Hmm. You ever heard of wolf tickets? Yeah, yeah. selling a few of them shits. <laughs> white people selling wolf tickets. <laughs> white people need you to think they're the majority. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, damn, white people ain't nothing but 30% of the population. We might can just bang on these niggas. Right. But now that white people, white people in 2020, they're going to count these Hispanics and, as white. And then in, in 2021, you know what they're going to say white population is? White population boomed. <laughs> we thought we were going down to 50. Turns out white people are 75% of the population. Mm. We sell a wolf tickets, brother. Why? Because 
in the art of war. Brother, in terms of the art of war, are you familiar how um, the rumble in the jungle and how Muhammad Ali used the art of war to defeat George Foreman? Walk me through that. So, we know that uh, during the Vietnam War, they drafted, um, what was his name? Muhammad Ali. Ali, right. Mm -hmm. Cassius Clay. He said, no. They said, okay, we're gonna strip you of your title. Mm -hmm. You can't box in America no more. He says, okay. So after that, we saw what? The Thriller in Manila, because he couldn't box in America no more. After the Thriller in Manila. Well, keep in mind, Muhammad Ali's getting old, brother. You talking about boxing. Brother, these boys coming in, they 18, 19, 20. Muhammad Ali at this point has passed his prime. With all due respect, shit, you go into your 30s, you're considered past your prime. Right. Now keep in mind, I'm in my 30s and I'm in my prime. Right. But in boxing, prime is maybe, uh, you know, boxing is a young man's sport. Indeed. George Foreman was a was in his early 20s. Muhammad Ali, he was in his late 30s. He flirting with his 40s. So you got this old man. This, this is Rumble in the Jungle. Ali Boombaye! Right. Ali right. Boombaye! <laughs> this is Rumble in the Jungle. Everybody, but every family, George Foreman versus Muhammad Ali. Let me just give you some perspective. That was like fucking Goliath versus David. Right, right. George Foreman's big as a fucking house. Right. The boy's like 21. So now, Muhammad Ali gets this young boy in the ring. And Muhammad Ali plays chess. George Foreman came in that bitch playing, playing checkers. Right, right. What did Muhammad Ali do to defeat George Foreman, who was better than him in every single way except one. Muhammad Ali was smarter than George Foreman. George Foreman was all bronze. No brain. No brain. So what did Muhammad Ali do? George Foreman. Ah. Muhammad Ali. Bitch. That's as hard as you can hit. You fuck, boy. So now, keep it. This is round one. We all know twelve rounds. You're supposed to pace yourself. This. What did Nipsey Hussle tell us? This is a. This is a marathon. This is a marathon, not a sprint. What did George Foreman try to do in a marathon? Tried to. He, he, he tried to. He tried he to. He tried to sprint. Man, listen. And I was interested that you that you uh, that you touched on that because it was it was that was the ultimate mind game right there. The ultimate mind the ultimate mind you game. You know, uh, the whole rope of dope, the you know he probably he probably dislodged two or three of uh, Ali's teeth with that punch but he fronted like it did absolutely nothing to him you know what I'm saying we'll that, you know <laughs> exactly and you know he wound up you know being victorious behind that that's that's that, that's dope that's dope the auto war continue brother so now if you and me are about to fight and I say now keep in mind Cleve and this this is the truth right now brother I don't own a gun. I'm, I'm being transparent with you. I don't own a gun. But let's say you and me had beef. 
I said, clean. I called you middle of the night. Ring, ring. You got on the phone. Hello? Crumb, what the fuck? I told you I was going to fight you tomorrow. You know, after school, on the playground. I know. Tomorrow, I'm going to come to the school. I'm going to shoot that bitch up. And I'm going to kill you. Guess who don't go to school tomorrow? <laughs> Guess who don't go to school tomorrow? You. Right. <laughs> I don't got that gun in the arsenal. I called you 2.30 in the morning and broke your sleep and I told you I'm going to kill you with a fucking gun. Your ass, you be like, damn, all I did was fucking throw us a pencil at him yesterday. Now he gonna fucking bring a fucking... So now you talk to your mama. Your mama call the cops. The cops get the FBI, you know, all from me selling wolf tickets. So white people have to sell these wolf tickets and keep black people mental. If I have you scared, you automatically lost the fight. You must come into the fight. Now, keep in mind, the ninjas, the samurais will tell you Genghis Khan was in the middle of a fight, one of the greatest warlords of all time. Genghis Khan was in the middle of a of a terrible battle, and he walked off the battlefield in the dead of the heat of battle. And his leading general came to him. What the fuck is going on? You in a fucking tent, sitting Indian style, drinking some fucking ginger tea. What the fuck is you doing? Genghis Khan said I had to leave the battle because I found myself getting upset. Now you tell me, who's going to think straight, brother? Who's going to think more clearly? A calm man or a razzle-dazzle excited man? The calm man who can keep his cool in the dead heat of battle will always be victorious because he is able to keep his mind. What did uh, uh, Denzel Washington tell that boy in the in the movie, The Great Debate? He said, I am trying to help you maintain your pure and righteous mind. Mm-hmm. Do not let them people knock you off your square. All, all around you, you hearing whispers of people saying, I'm gonna kill Cleve. So now your ass fucking in stealth mode like this. Versus all around you, they talking about, I'm going to kill Cleve. And your ass is a fucking uh, um, uh, soldier in front of Buckingham Palace. You, do you know those soldiers in front of Buckingham Palace? I don't care what the fuck you do. They, they, you ain't going to move them off they square unless there's a physical threat. You you go over and they face me like this, they stand in, they got a face of stone. You can't do nothing to get them off they square. Because this is this is a mental battle first. Before it can be physical, it has to be mental. And if you can control the mental, the physical, if you if, if you cut the head off the snake, the body is done. If you can get inside a man's head, his body ain't sh- I don't care how big he is. You can get inside of his head, he's done. And white people know this, so they're gonna use these numbers. They're gonna tell you, we the majority. You the minority. I'm a big man. You a little man. I will shoot you cut your face off and wear your face because this is what white people do we love to kill and shoot and destroy and we 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 eat meat and we will go and we'll live in a perpetual state of war and we will build bombs and we will do and now a black man won't even challenge a white man a big ass black man won't even challenge a little ass white man because 
the white man has gotten to your psyche and he's used the Hispanic man, the Hispanic man to get into your psyche, to trump his numbers, to sell you a wolf ticket, to tell you he's the majority and you're the minority. If I can go back to Dr. David, I'm sorry, Dr. Claude Anderson one time, one more time. Dr. Claude Anderson did most of his work in Detroit. He did most of his work in Detroit because Detroit, as we know, went through a um, went through a bankruptcy. Mm. And in addition to that, Detroit had a population at its in, in its heyday of like ninety seven percent black. Really? Do you know the black people in Detroit were calling themselves a fucking minority? How can you have a population of 97% and form your lips to say, I am a minority? Bitch, where? Y'all like roaches out this bitch. (laughs) But those wolf have fucked us up so much. And the Hispanics are going to be a part of that plan that has been in place ever since the Richard Nixon administration. Mm-hmm. Back to Richard Nixon. Listen, man. Um, oh, real quick, folks. YouTube.com slash reality guru show. Here, my brother Crumb Snatcher from Crumb TV. I don't know even know how long we've been going, uh, but we but but I'm enjoying this. He's dropping these jewels. I hope you guys are enjoying it. Um, Crumb man, let's 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 ask this question here, brother. Uh, we done brought up the Mexican situation. We done brought up the uh, wolf tickets, uh, the census next year, right? Uh, I I want to I want to ask this question because you brought up the Michigan ninety seven percent getting you know black people to feel like they're the minority even when they're not you got to answer this question for me if you can brother because this has been going on for a pretty long time now that we did understand that at one point uh slaves outnumbered you know the slave owners and shit right so 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 we looking at 2019 he was still dealing with this this mind game shit like what did they do back then I mean, what what was the wolf tickets that were being sold back then that got slaves to to conform and you know not realize that they were more powerful than uh, they were being led on to be? What what was the wolf tickets? If you, if you know, I'm interested if if you have an answer to that one. Well, um, at at that point, um, it wasn't necessarily wolf tickets per se they were using some real strong strategy now we know that uh slavery was all throughout the world but some people had different levels of slavery like before the transatlantic slave trade the islamic uh slave trade was going on and they had a different type of slavery which was uh uh more barbaric savage and brutal however um we know that uh in other slave in other areas like the island slavery was a little more uh brutal than here in america so now there's folklore that that um that tears on myth and fact and the two are hard to differentiate and i'm not sure which is rich but the story goes that there was a slave master who was infamously successful within his uh, uh, controlling slaves, and his name was. Do you know his name? Willie Lynch. 
Willie Lynch. And he came up here and gave people the game. Now, um, not only was that an aspect of it, if I can give a little bit of a less told story. So initially, um, slavery wasn't as savage as we would have imagined. And it and it grew to that level due to the resilience of our people. So <clears throat> initially, when they had slaves uh, come over here, they weren't slaves per se. It was, it, it was like families. So, you know, you'd be on a plantation, you know, and it, it wouldn't be an oddity that you'd be with your wife and child, but, um, or you'd be with people that spoke your language. Mm. So eventually they started creating codes known as the slave codes. Now, um, back in Africa, you know, uh, or even in America, you know, the drum is a very uh, intricate part of our music. Uh, we even saw Kanye West a part of his fame was through the 808 drum. Well, um, we had something called the war drum, and a part of the slave code was that uh, we were not we were allowed to play the flute, the guitar, the tambourine, you know, all types of shit. But we weren't allowed to play the drum because they knew how uh, how uh, influential that was, and how we could use that to communicate with each other. Well, long story short, what they did was started breaking down everything that made us human, starting with family. So. So, um, the, the first initiates into slavery came together and there was no uh, division set amongst them. You know, going away from the Jim, uh, not Jim Crow, but um, Willie Lynch thing, what they did is they noticed that the slaves would communicate with each other. They noticed that 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 the mothers had a strong bond with the children and they would pass on this resiliency and this fighting spirit so in terms of slavery one of the stories that very rarely if ever gets told is that what they started doing is they started uh this this covert campaign and at the time it wasn't covert, but it's been all but erased from history as of today's standard in terms of history. So what they did was they they would only buy children slaves. And of course, this hurt their pocket initially, but overall, it worked wonders for slavery. So you ask yourself, why would they only buy children slaves? Because if you buy an adult, they have a connection to something. Mm. If you buy a child, the child has no connection. So for a long period or a, a certain period of time, they only took children. They told them a narrative and the children grew up and passed that narrative to the to their children. So now if the mother was from Africa or she was a, a Native American and she raised her child, she'd tell her children, you know, in the confines of the slave shack, you know, your great grandfather was a chief. You know, we were we were librarians, engineers, whatever like that. And that was a problem. So once the, the slave master raised their own slaves, they gave them a narrative. You were born a slave. You've always been a slave. You have no history before being a slave. And what that did was create a whole new breed of people. We saw the same thing. Um, uh, you know, where where they took uh uh, our strong alpha males, these leaders uh, who were the griots, who, who, who told us, you know, who led the communities, and they replaced them with these beta leaders. Mm. So they they grew uh, initially their first coons, their first beta leaders, their first weak males and subservient women, and then they bred them and had them 
uh, 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 raise a nation of children who were uh, who were officially disassociated from their greatness. And that was the first in terms of this slavery that 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 was the first major uh, uh, military strategy that they used, you know. Um, we say, oh, well, you know, we want to get the father out of the house. So they want to get the mother, you know, at, at one point in time, they got the father out of the house and they got the mother out the house right now. Okay. Well, we see they're trying to get the father out. Well, at one point in time, they got the mother out too. And, and, and that right there really worked wonders in terms of putting them in a position of power, uh, a people who don't know, uh, I'm sorry. An educated man makes for a poor slave. So they started breeding unintelligent people. And, and this is what we have today. You know, you, you and I see where we couldn't sit on the back of the bus. Yeah. Now we sit on the back of the bus. Yeah. We weren't allowed to read. Now we choose not to read. Right. You know, they really made it something that we are going to perpetuate to where they don't have to do all the work anymore. That is, um, brother, that's in... That's an incredible answer to that question. Um, because when you talk about growing and breeding uh, like a whole, like a, a race of people, that right there is, that's like some of the deepest shit I've heard with regard to, you know, slavery. And that's that's the deepest point I've ever heard. Folks, YouTube.com, uh, Slash reality guru show crumb snatcher man. I'm gonna tell you the truth, man. I'm gonna have to cut this short, man. We've been going for I don't know how long. I've enjoyed when I tell you I enjoyed every minute of this interview. I mean every single minute um, of this interview. You are very, very interesting, brother. Very studied, um, and the information you put out here not only kept me on the edge of my seat. Hopefully it did for the folks. Um, before we get up out of here, man, please let the people know where they can reach you, brother, where they can see you, man. Well, um, definitely I will do that, but I want to do that in closing. I want to really quickly, you know, uh, mm -hmm. invest in the platform. You know, I got to give back since you was giving to me. Mm -hmm. Family, I want to tell you, please, 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 from me to you. Let me look at you. You know, the eyes are the gateway to the soul. So I need you to look at my soul right now. <laughs> Family, you're looking at me. You see me? See my soul? Reality Gurus family, YouTube, subscribe. If you build it, they will come. Mm. We've built it, family. We're here. Reality Guru. If you like Reality Gurus, press one. If you like, if you understand the value, and if you understand the value of what this platform brings, I need you to press one. Not only press one, I need you to understand that this platform needs your support. Mm. We need your support, family. Mm. Let me just be clear about that. So with that said, you know, not only is uh, uh, the family on YouTube, you know, I rock with the family on Instagram, you know, uh, and my gracious host, which is my brother, G. Clee. You can find him on Instagram. R, the letter R, not Aura for all you slaves. Aura. <laughs> R Guru underscore G Clee. So, yes, family, I need you to subscribe. But some of the family's not on YouTube right now. Some of the family may be on Instagram. And if you're on Instagram and you don't believe me, R Guru underscore G Clee. 
follow. In addition to that, brother, I wanted to ask really quickly. I, I'm not 100% sure. Are, are you on Facebook? Uh, yes, uh, same name, uh, G Clean from on Facebook as well. Um, brother, did this, I gotta appreciate that. Let me just let me just say I appreciate that. One of the things that uh, I tell my brother Yay all the time is um, get with the people who are doing it the way you want to do it, man. Um, uh, I'm, I'm watching you, champ. Watching you on all your social media platforms, YouTube, um, and I see what you got going on, man. And you're doing it the way we want to get it done. Uh, I do appreciate the kind words. Do appreciate you inviting us to your platform and and and, and letting your folks know about us, man. Uh, man. Well, 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 here. Let me put this out there. You know, um, I live by a, a code of honor. And my code is one good deed deserves another. That's a fact, man. And, you know, uh, man, I, I want to cut this short. Brother, please tell the people where they can find you, man. You can find me on YouTube under Crumb TV. And if you go to my YouTube channel, you will see more to come from Reality Gurus as a guest of mine. You can also find me on Instagram, Crumb TV. You can find me on uh, Twitter. Under Guess Where Family, that's right, Quam TV. Last but not least, um, I, I, I do have a business page on Facebook, which is my biggest platform. I think I got like maybe, I'm, I'm flirting with 40,000 followers. Nice. But you can go to my, uh, my Facebook business page. And, um, you know, if you've put two and two together uh, at this point, it's called Crumb TV. I want to uh, thank the family so much, so much for allowing me on the platform. A lot of people don't like me. A lot of people are scared of me. A lot of people think I'm going to cuss them out and I'm going to disrespect them, so on and so forth. But I want to, I want to leave you, brother, the same way I came to you, and and with the same energy we maintained through this whole thing. With a uh, 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 perfect, perfect peace, perfect peace. I am, I am, I am humble and gracious for the reality guru. Stay woke, stay woke. In peace, in peace. Stay woke, in peace. I am your brother, Crumb, in peace. We are the Crumb Snatcher. Get snatched. Our content is conscious, edgy, and pro-black. Our goal is to uplift ampersand enlighten our people. Trigger warning. Some of you will disagree with the Crumb Snatcher. We are not concerned with being politically correct. We are thought-provoking. Some of you are gonna think that we're angry. You are wrong. Yet you're gonna enjoy the ride. Join our antics in conscious thought and new reality. Get snatched. The views expressed on this podcast are not the views of Positive Vibes Inc., its staff, sponsors, or owners. I love you. We are the Crumb Snatcher.